0: The Stardust Hour is a magnifying glass into philanthropic minds. Here you could learn about female talent, the divine feminine, women's leadership genius, and creative energy. I hope you will step into each inside story with an open mind, so you could yourself reimagine who, you could be next. Please join me, Marina Nani, on the Stardust Hour podcast for Rich Human magazine. Welcome to the Stardust Hour. We are here to understand the dream of Cornell Bunting and understand what is the story behind his latest book, A Masterpiece, now available, Escaping a Life Sentence. Cornell, what is the story behind the spirit of your book?
1: It's there's a whole lot. The quick part of the story, before I go into the deeper stuff, this book uh, is a sequel to "Escaping a Life Sentence" book, that was on at number one on Amazon for a month, and we felt between me. I would say my literary agent at the time felt like this book needed i needed to add more to um, the readers and so at the time i was going through some challenges with my youngest son because he had some complications inside his mom and they had to do an emergency c-section and so everything got put on hold he was born not even at 24 months he was less than a pound so he had a lot of challenges and possibly wouldn't uh, make it and so there was a moment a couple weeks or maybe after a month i think because he was so wrapped up in in, in, and whatever those tapes are that they wrap them up in to make sure that they secure as much as they can. I was just speaking with the doctor, and um, out of nowhere I felt these little hands held my finger. And the doctor looked around and saw it, and we took photos, and I said, this little man wants to be here with you guys. And we made a decision to fight for him. Because he, was, he did seven operations. They had to take his stomach out, re-put stuff. It was a lot of things happened. But in that time, because I was traveling so far to go to the hospital where he was, which was two hours away, I said, you know what, let me take up this time that I'm driving to the sequel." to escape in a life sentence. So every drive, I would record myself on the phone and I would just record the missing pieces of what that looked like, my dark moments when I was in jail and what was going through my mind at the time and how surreal it was and just the different lessons that it had taught me. And so that in a three month span while traveling the way I was, that's how I was able to write this book. And then I said, you know what, it's only right to add 10 lessons to the book. And that's what I did. I did 10 chapters and then I did 10 lessons. And so that's how the book came about and the reason behind it getting done the way it got done and in the, the, the time that it got done.
0: i um, very grateful for you sharing those moments. There is always a spirit within each story and what you just shared is um, truly powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. It's a lot to what was going on and i figured how can i use my adversities and and show individuals that even in 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 most challenging times if you pay attention to detail the universe will show you what you need to do and all you have to do is go at it and get it done it's one of the reasons why i wanted to have the subtitle be using adversity to find purpose because life is about one thing and that's purpose i i always say as a one who has found his or her purpose always understand that life is beautiful and for the one who is living uh, devoid of purpose then this is where life can be intolerable and when you understand this and understand that adversity comes to individuals without a purpose for those people life seems pointless but when adversity comes to an individual with purpose their life will take on special meanings, like purpose, reframes adversity. And so, because adversity come to us sometimes in different droplets and stuff, other times uh, it's like a floodgate that open, and that adversity just surge over us like a rushing river or whatever you could put that. In. And so, for a lot of us. We fear that we will be consumed or drowned into what that looks like. And I tell even my boys sometimes how adversity is an equal opportunity destroyer because it doesn't care, you know, who you are. I don't know of no wise person that could reason their way around what that is or. A strong person that could fight their way through that. Or even someone that have plenty of money that can buy their way out of it. Adversity, it comes to everyone in various ways and at different degrees. When you challenge your mind, what that looks like, and you understand that Your purpose will guide you through adversity. And for me, like I know thinkers, like many thinkers back from certain times that have used the power of purpose to overcome their greatest obstacles. And I understand that adversity is not strong enough to destroy me unless I surrender to it. I can say like for individuals that have felt like they've lost or whatever those challenges are because they have not acknowledged what that looks like. And I can see where fires of adversity and and trauma are not strong enough to consume me when i discover what my purpose is so i'll stop there for a minute dr marina just in case you um, have something else you wanted to say real quick
0: wow cornell is this is such a powerful meaningful transformation you went through, you became bigger than the greatest challenge any parent could experience ever. You developed courage to fight, the courage to become more, the courage to to find your true purpose, your abundant self, surviving those difficult times and challenging adversity. I find it difficult to find The words to ask the next question. Everything is almost real, vivid, live happening right now on your token. I don't want to bring any pain, but from the same token, I know that sharing, writing has killing powers.
1: Yeah. (sighs) I, there were certain things that happened when I, Got in like when I went to jail, it's like a lot of dots got connected, and i it was like I was living unaware of the divine intervention that led me to what life meaning was or is for me, and I felt like I needed that in order to get reminded of what my purpose is and and the crazy thing that happened that really put a lot of things in perspective here i was in a cell where i wasn't seeing the light of day like an hour of so once a week you will get an hour to go out on the roof you don't see around because it's the sides are so high, you can only see the sky. So that's literally the only thing for an hour every once a week. And because I was in maximum security, there's not like if because you're being watched 24 seven, you never see nothing. And then there was this one moment where a fly We still don't know to this day how that fly got into the cell that we were, but it came in and that fly, we were so excited about that fly. Like we wanted no one to touch that fly. We wanted to just watch that fly move around. And it was beautiful. And it was like right then it's something just click in my head and things just start rushing to me. A lot of things just start flooding to me and it was where I was like, okay, I know I'm going to get out of here. What that's going to look like when I get out of here. What is going to be my moves and what that looks like. And for me, that was something that I I still think on it like it was yesterday that it happened because it was so beautiful. And just to see all these different guys that a lot of them, while they not understood what their purpose was and not able to contribute to society in a positive way, and now here they are doing the only thing they know behind bars, they were even excited about that fly. And maybe a lot of them didn't even understood what that was. Maybe some of them, that didn't mean nothing to them, but they knew there was hope. And that's how I looked at that moment. And I understand that it's one of those things where you you get through challenges that might seem impossible, but you're going to get on the other hand and it's gonna be okay. It's like when I'm driving like on we have an highway here, I seventy five, and I be going let's say I'm going to Miami and I'm on the highway and rain starts to pour like crazy and you're you're moving at a slower speed because you wanna make sure that you're seeing immediately in front of you as you go, but as you look to the different sides of the road, you're seeing all these cars that have pulled over because they can't handle that storm. They can't handle all that rain that's pouring because they don't know if they're gonna get in an accident or not. When you've made that mind adjustment and you say, okay, I'm gonna move slower, I'm gonna pay full attention to what's in front of me, and I'm gonna keep going, at some point that heavy pouring rain is gonna end and you are now in the calm, you're still moving. You're still now maybe 45 minutes ahead of all those individuals that have stopped on the side of the road. And so for me, a lot of times I look at this and I said, okay, how do I push through this? And I understand me being persistent the way I am Will allow me to accomplish that, yeah. In in looking at how, like I opened, you know, my mind and and then what the the possibilities look like, even in the most unusual places, amazing things can happen. And with that, I was excited. I found, or I fully understood my purpose in jail. And some would say I found my purpose there. But I feel that our job is to have faith, to believe that uh, a path will be made for us. And in the darkest desert and through the wilderness of adversity, I mean, I've discovered the path that was meant for me. And after months, in the darkness of uh, the jail cell that I was in, the light of my purpose stoned through for me to see. And so I discovered that I'm a storyteller, and people can understand who they are from hearing that. When I, so there was this one point where I was on a journey I was going around the different parts of the world. And uh, there was this one point where I was in South Africa, in Johannesburg. And this... He had told me that I meant to inspire others and bring light to the darkness through the power of stories. And he was like, use your own, as well as others that's around you. And so I learned about, in that moment, I learned about this African farmer who had listened to tales about other farmers who had made millions by discovering diamond mines, right? This tale got this farmer's attention so bad that he could hardly wait to sell his farm and go prospecting for diamonds himself. So what he did, he sold his farm and spent the rest of his life wandering the African continent, searching unsuccessfully for uh, gleaming gems that that would bring such high price in the market of the world. And so finally, he got worn out. And it just kinda in a, a fit of dispudency, like he threw himself in a river and drowned himself. And the men who had bought his farm just happened to be crossing the small stream on the property one day. When he suddenly, he saw this bright flash of blue and red light from the stream bottom and he bent down and picked up a stone and it was such a good sized stone, he admired it so much. He actually brought it home and he put it on his fireplace mantle as an interesting curiosity and it was like. A couple of weeks later, he had a visitor at his house and that visitor picked up the stone, looked closely at it and realized what uh, his friend had. And he asked him, he said, do you know what you found? And the farmer said, no. And he, he thought, he said he just thought it was maybe a piece of crystal or something. And his friend told him, he he had possibly one of the largest diamond that would ever be discovered, and the farmer really had trouble believing that. And because he told him that, hey, I have a creek that's full of these stones, and he's like, not all is as large as this one and this mantle, but they're there throughout the creek, and when you think of that, or you listen to that, and you're like, okay, so the farmer that actually owned this, this land, he literally, he he already had it all there. But because he was listening to all this noise, he, instead of looking, or doing his research, to understand what Diamond in the rough look like, or you know what that look like it's It's where you actually take time to prepare yourself to learn and what something is before you run to something else. And for this guy, he didn't do that, and because he didn't do that, and even what he chased after, which was his wildest dreams. He already had it, but he didn't pay attention to detail. And I'd say the thing about that story that I was so profoundly affected millions of people is the idea that each of us is at this very moment standing in the middle of our acres of diamonds. And if we only had the wisdom and patience to intelligently and effectively explore our corners of the world and ourselves we would most likely find the riches we seek whether that is to be financially and intangible or both i would say there are certain things that help characteristics utter Iconic lines to others, and so uh, there is certain things that the universe places here for us to pay attention to and to understand what that look like. We definitely have to take necessary steps to understand what our purpose look like. Go ahead, Doc.
0: <laughs> I was thinking that it is true, rough diamonds more than often mistaken for pebbles and i think you as a diamond you can't see your richness and you put it so beautifully we are born so rich we are born diamonds and yet it's hard to see that within and usually people will ask what, what is my purpose i can't find my purpose <laughs> where in fact you are your own purpose yeah. to to work on 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 your richness and deliver that, acknowledge that, becoming aware of your true worth. But coming back, Cornell, to I didn't want to interrupt because it's such a beautiful way of sharing your unique wisdom. Yeah. Coming back to a time before adversity. Yeah. It is known that before adversity you know who you are. your friends know you.
1: Yeah.
0: But when that happens, when your status changes, when something happened for you, I won't say to you because happened really for you. Yeah. In adversity, we have the chance to know our friends. But I think more than that, we have the chance to know ourselves, which is the biggest challenge for human nature. We can yeah. learn about anything, about anyone. Yes, And we find it yet so difficult to learn about ourselves, the art yeah. of being ourselves. Tell us more about the time before adversity struck in and the time when your friends knew you. What happened?
1: <laughs> and the crazy thing about that was... They were all there. They all wanted to be a part of the benefits. I had, I remember times when I had friends that would come to my house just because they wanted to go out somewhere with me because they know they wouldn't pay to go in. Most of them were just there for the benefits and what that looked like to being a friend. and. What that look like? How I'm a giver. I love giving. I love helping people, and I do that. And sometimes you have people that see that, and they find ways to take advantage of that. And for me, a lot of opportunities have came. Like I was a model. It was an audio engineer at a studio in Jamaica, working with different artists. I had different opportunities that brought me financial freedom. So I would think that would allow me to do whatever I felt like doing. But it was mostly just having fun and partying a lot and stuff like this because I was young and not necessarily understanding what my true purpose was at the time. You know, it was really just more on living and enjoying what the world had to offer. It was really those type of individuals that came around me. Because of all that distraction, I didn't really have time to where I would find a mentor that would pour into me and help me understand, do this or do that, that would um, put me in a different space. I didn't have those. So that's what it looked like. It, I I did have a lot of genuine moments that was beautiful as well because I was a bellman and I met all different type of people that also presented opportunities that would help me to see different parts of the world and stuff like this, and it was beautiful. So that's what, in a synopsis, that, what that kind of looked like before... A lot of these adversities that came that would help me to move into who i am as the man i am right now
0: you share lessons of resilience commitment perseverance and triumph you also wrote books for children you've been telling a story of love betrayal and redemption the the power of the story is the most powerful tool you have while turning challenges into opportunity. What What is that is needed for a story to give you strength to use the story yes. through the power of your story?
1: Yes. It's really how authentic you can be and you speak your truth and how and what help you to identify what you was doing. And so... For me, when it comes to storytelling, I'm asking myself the question, can my reader relate to this? Is there going to be something in here that my reader is going to be able to relate to? I'm speaking what really happened. I'm speaking, for me, it's facts, but the reader is reading it. So now I have to present it in a way where the reader understands that this is actually factual, this has happened. And those different moments that have, like, really turned the, the, the switch on to help me to understand uh, what that looked like is those moments to put that out. And then it's really like showing that What you going through, and I've learned this, where no matter how bad I have it, someone have it worse. It's only right or more effective when you can tell that story. You can tell what really happened there and then what, what turned it around, what helped to turn it around. And so for me, a lot of this is really me not seeing my kids me not able to do what I want to do now I am forced to understand that I have time to read and write pay attention to what I had and how I could have cherished those moments and help create better moments with my kids uh, and what that looked like so it really had put me in a headspace where I understood what I had and I appreciated it more.
0: The universe forced you to remember who you are destined to be. You wrote, you authored four books and they were to heal your pain and give you strength and help you become, own the resilience you needed to survive in times of injustice.
1: Yes. yes. And
0: yet, and yet, not long after that something happens again.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean you you live the you live to tell the story, yes. right? Yes. And then when when finally justice is made, I'm not going to go into the price of that or what that did to you and to the people you love and everybody who suffered. But then you went into cardiac arrest.
1: Yeah. And you
0: died for 16 minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In front
0: of 5,000 people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was... Because here's the thing. Sometime, even when the universe put detail in front of you and what your purpose is and how you need to walk in it sometime when you lose a little bit of that humility you know that to be humble with that and you you're going and you're you're letting distractions come again and take you from what it is that you're doing and i feel like this was i needed to go deeper because when I died, I remember seeing me laying on the floor. I remember seeing these individuals put this machine on my chest to try to bring me back. And I remember running to my body to to try to tell them, hey, I'm right here, which I really wasn't. I I remember running to my body and falling through my body and then trying to grab my body when I fell through my body. Falling in a very dark place and then um, finding myself sitting in a chair and speaking to someone with a distorted face. And just with what that all looked like and getting an offer that I, I guess I refused and getting rejected in that conversation, me falling like off a cliff and just being angry on why this is happening and like a voice is saying are you gonna let go and let me take control and in a rebellious way i'm like fine and then next thing i know i'm back in myself my body and i'm sc- screaming out like a roar it was like the craziest thing for these people to see and there was things that i needed to go deeper to un- fully understand who I am, why I'm here, and, and what I'm destined to do. The dead part of it was to take me deeper, to help me understand a few things. And a lot of it, in this situation, I was told I can't talk about it. I just have to let them happen. And then I can speak on those after they happen. So that's what that looks like and this is why like i speak on this time this part of my life in somewhat of a synopsis form because on how it unfolds
0: but cornell you at the first look you might think Okay, this happened to me. I had to go through all that adversity, survive it, turn it into the greatest opportunity of my life and go back to to writing and become somebody who inspires the world. And then you escape that darkness and go into a deeper darkness when the universe <laughs> is telling you, hey, you are not done. Yeah. <laughs> and and now what is happening you start thinking where is this coming from? What is this calling that is screaming at me? Right. And the reality is that as a child you've been very gifted.
1: Yeah. And
0: you you've been born in Jamaica but raised in Bristol in England and you loved writing and you're producing scripts for plays. Yeah. You've been uh, performing numerous leadership roles and everybody loved your your work. And yeah. then life happened, right? And you yes. started writing.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: then life happens again and perhaps you stopped writing. Did you stop writing after being freed?
1: Yes. Yeah. So I had totally... I So after high school, I didn't write no more. I used to write for the school, wrote scripts and everything. After I schooled, I got into all the different stuff that I was doing between modeling, associating myself with drug dealers, whatever that looks like. It took me away from what I had as a, a skill. And so it wasn't until jail. No, oh, no,
0: that's not a skill.
1: Yes, I agree. It's a God-given gift. I... I wrote four books while I was in jail. I, it came back. It just came back like a Russian river, like it all flood back. And I say, okay, let me put it in and, and get it done.
0: The biggest diamond, the sparkling, the most beautiful diamond ever on the mantle all the time. Yeah. And you're turning your back on it, and then you said, "No, you can't do this."
1: No, I can't. Yeah, this is true. This is true. This is true. I, yeah, I, and I'm grateful. I am grateful to the universe for continuing to be on my side to to say, "Hey, we here to help you along this way because you carry something," and I, and I think for me. I would say, what can I create in the world that would never have existed without me? And for me, that's my right I, I think a lot of this, though, is the truth is not. It doesn't matter. The point is, you lay your hand on something that will never come into the world. Without your involvement. And I think because we live in a culture where people say, love yourself, take care of yourself, be yourself, it seems as if we want to love ourselves, but we struggle to find something about ourselves that is truly lovable. We are trapped in circles of self uh, deprecation, comparison to others. A chronic complaining. We don't look good enough. We don't weigh mm-hmm. the right amount. You know what what all these different physical um, attributes look like, or whatever. And some people live in their dreams. Other people spend money to watch people who are living their dreams. And it's quite a, a paradigm shift every time we sit down to watch whether it's a game a movie a television show a concert we're watching someone's else blood sweat and tears come to fruition we pay for that all important look into their lives but the performance is only a tiny part of it and i think a lot of this we have to understand that it can it can be very expensive and at a, a high price because a lot of people they deal with it very different but I can say that for me, the past have given me experience, wisdom, and perspective. The present brought me peace, purpose, and contentment. And I feel the future is meant to provide hope, ambition, and excitement.
0: Cornel, I have to say this. I I feel like I have to say this. You better never stop writing. Because every single time you do the universe is calling you. Yeah. And your latest masterpiece with the escaping the darkness is yeah. just that. Yeah. It's freeing the, the light, that unique light, that diamond that you had to let out. And yes. it wasn't freeing yourself being free from jail time. Yeah. It was freeing your true talent, your spirit, Finding, becoming aware of your life purpose. Yeah. Writing. Listeners, thank you so much for being here. Please go to cornellbanting.com, order all his books. Make your habit to gift others a book by Cornell. Every single one of us, reading his books, have the chance to find our own purpose. Thank you so much,
1: Cornel. Thank yes. you. Yes. And it's an absolute privilege.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> I would just say, real quick, Doc, it would even be better if they actually go to my nonprofit organization website. And, and I'll, I'll do is I'll put that one there instead. Please. Because what that does, it, it helps me to be more effective with my team at EAS. To help individuals, because that's the big um, that's the big goal, you know. For me, is to help as much uh, mindset and, and, and what that look like. And I feel I get so excited because now I have the opportunity to show individuals that we can create space for everyone to tell, live and dream what that purpose look like, giving a voice to the voiceless or a livelihood to the living and a reality to the dreamers. And I think it's one of the reasons I I wanted to stay with the word EAS because of how everyone has a story that can inspire. And what would that look like if we're able to help them to tell that story the way I'm telling uh, my stories and how with the mission that we carry out, how can we touch, improve and change lives each day through what a message of hope look like and how we teach a, a mindset, how to overcome and to find purpose irrespective of what that or their adversity look like. For me, this would be even better for people to go to iasinc.org and help us to help make this this place that we live in, this world we live in, to be a, a better place. Through mental stimulation and intervention that will affect uh, a mindset change. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Cornet. When is your story becoming a movie on Netflix? I seen it in my in front of my very eyes while you are speaking. And I I, I seen it. It, it. This is a movie.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy. You say that. I had a meeting this morning, a movie director that actually has a movie on Netflix that was number two on, on Netflix. And he's actually already following me and I've reached out to me. I just didn't, because there's so much people that have reached out to me on my IG page. I've, I haven't i responded back to everyone, but I was so excited on, on, on what that looked like. I reached out to him and I said, I'm, I'm really grateful for the acknowledgement, and his name is, is Marco Robinson. And so I I followed him back, and definitely we're getting ready to have a conversation and, and talk about some of my material that's already out here in the world and, and what that could look like.
0: This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign, and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.co.uk or find follow the link in the episode description.